0: Righto, Paul, what do you think about banks? David, I remember the good old days where you actually spoke to a banker that could do something, that knew who you were, that knew about your business and that could actually do a deal for you and who understood how to get it done. But I have not seen that for quite a while.
1: The glory years are what you long for, isn't it, mate? Whether you'd put on your shirt and a tie and trot into town or meet your local banker who knew you and your family's names because they're part of your community.
0: It's become pretty pretty faceless.
1: Well, Judo Bank's trying to change that, mate, and we know the guys at Judo – They've been on our show quite a bit. It's an SME challenger bank, Paul. It's not a fintech. It's purposely built to make it easier for Australian businesses and accountants to get the funding they need and the service they deserve. And guess what, Paul? What, buddy? They are lending right now. Right now. They're doing deals. So you can take the pressure off with the right finance solution from Judo Bank, Paul. Call 13 Judo. Or visit judo.bank for more information. That's
0: 13judo or judo.bank.
1: From the Trenches. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to From the Trenches, real life in the accounting industry. My name is David Boyer from Change GPS. Joined with me is Paul Meisner from Freedom Mentoring. We're brought to you by BGL, Australia's number one corporate compliance superannuation software. Paul, it was a big week for the world.
0: It was. Thank you. Hello, David. Hello, listeners. Hello, all. We're back recording online. You you cut yourself off very quickly there, David. I almost missed my cue. Not that we have cues anyway. Uh... Uh, The world's going to hell in the handbasket, but at least the accounting world is, in Australia at least, is having a little bit more. We're just back into compliance, getting tax returns done, doing all of that fun stuff, David. It's what we like. It's what we know. It's what we're good at. Uh, Now, we've got a new segment, don't we, Paul? The challenge. Uh, We we tried it once. We may as well try it again. Uh, your turn this. Your turn this week. My challenge
1: this week. Now I said last week that I wanted to see the sixty billion dollars of unspent JobKeeper money. I thought was an opportunity for the government to reshape Australia. And you had it. You disagreed with me and played out a little bit online. This today. What are we? This third of June. Um, and the press is just filled with industries who are, have their hands out for government to get handouts to prop up their industry. My challenge. I think that the Feds are handing out industry support grants to industry groups, uh, or by industry by industry groups, special interest by special interest group. Basically, the squeakiest wheel is getting the oil when it comes to government handouts, it seems. And it hasn't happened yet, but, you know, you can see where this is all moving. Today they're talking about a billion dollars for the construction sector, as well as individual handouts to households to spend money on renovations. Money for the arts, more money for the arts, which... The, depending on where you sit, you think that's a good investment or not. And that's just, they're just the ones that have copped up the last couple of days. My fear, Paul, is that this surplus, oh, I'm not going to, surplus definitely isn't the word to use at the moment, this unspent <laughs> job keeper money. It's not
0: unspent.
1: It it's not spent. The 60 it's bill that they're allowed nice. to spend that they haven't spent. They basically have a line of credit of $60 oh, billion. They don't. They do. It's approved by legislation. But that's not, oh, my God we we'll make your keep argument. Going. Don't roll your eyes keep like a Twitter warrior who's going. just going to get upset emotionally. Keep going. They have. They. I'm scared. This money. And what I say, and I explained it last week, the electorate is was ready to spend it. The government may not want to spend it. The electorate was ready to
0: spend it. Um, the and the financial. The electorate wouldn't know the difference between 120 billion and 60 billion. The electorate actually does not. The electorate just wants just wants JobKeeper delivered. How much run. it's actually. Get, but, let, but me but no, 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 let me get to right. the point. Let me get to the point. Okay. So my fear is
1: that we're just the government's going to just hand out money depending on which industry lobby groups lobbed up into Canberra this week, and no strategic decisions going to be made at all about the spending, and we're just going to keep whittling away more and more. And this is all debt now, by the way. This isn't this isn't funded stuff. It's all coming out of debt, and that's your point about my sixty bill of line yes. of credit stuff, which I get. But they're just going to keep spending money on whatever the squeaky wheel is and not have some sort of strategic vision. I still think they've got the opportunity to set Australia up for the next century. Uh, already a week after last week's show, it looks like the money's just going to go to whoever's got the best connections in Canberra. Paul, my challenge don't do that. Come up with a hundred plan fun that's my challenge.
0: Don't just splash cash, have some have some grand master plan. I worry worry that um, apparently this construction thing, $20,000 cash back if you do a home renovation project over $100,000. You know what I'm saying, David? Compliance. I'm saying more compliance. uh, Compliance and rorts. This is going to become
1: one of the most rorted government program. This is going to make pink bats... RTOs
0: and solar panels every, look like primary school. If every tradie who already you know works on the weekend for cash isn't <laughs> no. sitting there, isn't sitting there with their with their other tradie friends, saying, rubbing okay, their hands we'll together, get together, <laughs> yeah. we'll, get yeah. together. We'll, we'll 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 tell everyone that we're going to do a hundred grand revenue on all of our uh, on all of our places. This is. Uh, David, this was, I, I did laugh, have a little bit of fun at your expense about this whole innovation agenda and just wanting to create massive amounts of debt for our children, uh, but the I would, and I think the, the world would like to see any government be more innovative or more, more long-term... View and a bit more brave. I think they should spend less money and perhaps be <laughs> less brave. But uh, but that is it. Will be interesting. I think that probably for a fair bit of sting and a fair bit of special interest groups. Um, yeah, politics ain't ain't doing a lot of heavy lifting in the ethics department. But let's see. Let's wait and see, which is part of this. Challenge segment. Best on ground. Best on ground. Paul my, uh, I will. I'll kick it off. Uh, so the article at Grant Thornton, uh, as I pull it up, Keith Gregg, uh, who uh, has come through the ranks in, in, uh, in Grant Thornton, used to go on one of the best uh, annual tax conferences. Uh, with Keith Greg and his team, it was an absolute not to be missed. Booked out within minutes. Um, they he is now uh, in uh, high up at Grand Thornton. They are looking at uh, surveying, or they did survey a thousand people at the accounting accounting firm about turning to work post COVID. Eighty four percent of employees would like to permanently increase their days working from home. Uh, looking at a couple of things that I just wanted to say about this article link course will be in the show. The just talked about the survey said that the main reasons people enjoyed working for home were the reduced commute time, having the flexibility to manage their own hours, reduced expenses, and having more time for exercise and family. Forty-five uh, percent of respondents had some discomfort about returning to the office. More than 60% wanted to work both at home uh, and in the office when reopening, and only 9% wanted to work, wanted to come back and work exclusively in the office. uh, I always like, um, I have a love-hate relationship with surveys, as people know. I, I think this uh, this is a decent one given the timeline of as we come out of it, this is happening now. What do you want? What does the next couple of weeks look like other than the next few years? Some interesting results there. Really massive thing. It, it, it definitely
1: a big enough big sample size. Only 9% actually want to work exclusively in the office. The knock-on effects for these are massive because those people don't go into postcode 3,000, 4,000, 2,000, whatever the CBD is, that's a lot of lunchtime money that doesn't get spent. That's a lot of CBD-based retailers that don't uh, receive worker spending. It's a huge reduced congestion on the public transport network. That's the sort of thing that actually reshapes the way a city looks and feels. And, and David, no, I'm
0: going to bring something up here, and I didn't bring this in the pregame because... Oh, it's, good. I like it when you do. I, you love it when I spring. You know, we, we were going to do it. Uh, uh, we do talk about it during this time, about how your work will change post COVID. I haven't told you yet. I was going to show you if we had have turned up, uh, if we had recorded face to face. I went out and bought something I honestly thought I'd never buy in my life, David. And you are going to have quite a laugh. Spandex. Uh, no, nearly, nearly. That's coming. <laughs> the uh, so uh, nobody. W- I don't want to jump onto public transport. I don't live all that too far from the city. Uh, I'm not a cyclist. My body is not built for lycra. No. I went out and oh, no. I went out and bought a Segway oh, my. nine-bot electric scooter. This thing is awesome. Could awesome. You be more inner northern city or- Melbourne if you tried. Mate, I was gonna, I was gonna ride it to meet you in Turak today. Well, that would have been interesting I, I, because I, you know, where we, where
1: we, where we meet in Turak is right in the middle of that big hill there. So that would have tested the Segway
0: out a little bit. But twenty-five k, I can get like twenty or so uphill. I have been hooning around with it. But I wonder. And, and look, I've always wanted a Segway. I wanted one of the self-balancing ones rather than a scooter. But I we wonder Segway all the time on change. this show,
1: Paul. We're really good at it.
0: <laughs> oh, Bang. wow. Bang. Wow. Given that was a segue, what do you got for best on ground, mate? Uh, I'll
1: check your life insurance policy if I were you driving that thing around Melbourne roads in the winter, mate. Uh, Best on ground for me, this says a lot about the state of the world. Twitter has just recorded its third most liked tweet ever, topping in at 3.8 million likes at the moment. There are only two tweets more popular than this ever, both written by Obama. It's by comedian Anthony Milanakis who said, congratulations to the astronauts that left Earth today. Good choice. Which is hilarious, obviously talking about the SpaceX launch. Yeah, watch the SpaceX launch. It's actually amazing how proud Americans are that that was American-made and came off American soil. I actually quite like that. But this, to me, says a lot about, there's a few things about this. The bit that stands out is Anthony Milanakis was kind of like, he's, he's, he's a bit of a celebrity, but he's by no means a, a big name. I think he made his name on some stupid reality TV show and just, um, I mean, he's got quite a lot of followers. He's actually got 600,000 followers now. I don't know what he did before. He got 3.8 million likes on a tweet. But he's just a guy who thought of something short and sharp and actually pretty profound. Like that it, it, it was a really, he's done it in one, two, three, four, five, 11 words. He's kind of summed up a major part of the current vibe in the world. And it just started making me think, you know, these big global platforms, anyone can get a big message across if it's good enough. And that's exciting for me. That's an exciting opportunity. So well done, Andy Milonakis, on hitting number three. Like Everybody is listening to this, have a think about just how big your idea could be just by putting
0: 11 words on the internet. I think that's remarkable. Uh, that was a, a very small tweet that did a lot of good things, uh, David. Because you know I, the the run sheet's out the window. I have just found a piece of content that I did want to add. Uh, link will be in the show notes. The – as I just, I've oh god, I've lost it now. Um, uh, this show doesn't uh, it does we often mention BGL. They are a sponsor. We do declare that. Um, this isn't necessarily uh, the traditional best on ground for them. This was a blog written by Ron Lesch, who a man known not uh, unlike you and I, David, to not pull punches. Um, he has uh, put a challenge out in a blog. I just want to read one paragraph. Uh, basically saying challenging people who are looking at superannuation software to ask his team to show you each of the feature. And this is a paragraph. Second, ask your competitors, salespeople to, in capitals, show you each of these features in their software. Not tell you their software has a feature, but actually show you the feature and how the feature works in their software. That is a big swing for a, for a person who does Crazy. swing... Big Mate that's crazy That's amazing That's almost like We put that exact blog On best on ground
1: Last week Oh was it Yeah Oh Well done Paul <laughs> That's how well I'm doing Hey It's not JobKeeper Relax Take a deep breath We're doing something tell, Weeks for a feel bit.
0: like Days feel like weeks Did we really I gotta check Yeah some that, that anyway, was the, you... cause
1: that, That's when he put The comparison Because they did That big comparison chart Of all the features That BGL has That their competitors don't Speaking of their competitors Actually is them In the show as well no, nah, but it can be. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Loose today. We did too many segues on your segue bit. Now we can't segue through the we show. We did. Was, the, oh, well. Rita Abbott, the, um, one of the founders on leading women of now infinity uh, acquired by class last year. It's exited class with Vitalia, uh, the business partner. Um, they're going to work on some other projects I, there's a story of any business that grows that big has got a lot in it. I don't know the whole story. You just have to respect, particularly a female who went into a fintech, got an exit, sold it to a listed company, um, and then kind of, she's out early, that's why I'm bringing it up, and then uh, kind of, you know, kind of gets the payday and doesn't have to, you know, even better, she doesn't have to stay there too.
0: Is, for, it, for is it early but, or or did or is early. it just after the second tranche? Oh, the, of, the class releases. Yeah.
1: No, the class release says that it's early. I mean, there are a list of companies, so you can to take their word on it. Um, the We made a question whether Ben Gill, head of sales, could last working in a big corporate environment. Oh, I couldn't. I wonder how. I uh, just wonder, Paul. But congratulations, Are you, are you saying change then, isn't,
0: isn't is big corporate? corporate? Are you saying change isn't big corporate? The,
1: the nine people in us and most strategic decisions are made with me and Tim at 11 o'clock at night talking over. WhatsApp that's, or Teams, not particularly. That's corporate. when
0: all. That's when all. Well, since we're out of thing, I'm just going to keep going. Um, there is an an article in uh, Accounting Today about leading in a work from home environment and saying that accountants are exactly the right kind of workers to thrive in a work from home environment. I don't know whether that's a dig at our uh, stereotypically having no personality but it does say that the client interactions etc do lend themselves online Uh, the uh, there was four points in which I thought were very valid about working or addressing the challenges of working from home rather than an office environment I won't dwell on them just want to the virtual office hours the options for having support for both your team and the clients. Um, if if you rely more on a, on a drop in or, or being together, this is often around teams disconnecting. Something, David, since our very early episodes, uh, the father's episode, I believe, one of my father's one of our first biggest concerns was in the the technology. And I find I found that in the last couple of months is. The, the desk does always seem to be on. The computer's always there. You walk past the study and you can see the screen. Oh, I'll just have a quick look. Um, you know, I think you do save time in travel, but it does have a trouble disconnecting. And trying to maintain the team building and fun. Because I don't know about you, Dave, there's been a lot of sort of fun activity on zoom and you hear always hear these people because you see it online because apparently in the terms and conditions of zoom is if you have a group meeting with alcohol you have to take a photo of it for social media um but uh, after a day of being on the phone the last thing i wanted was to jump on another zoom call but apparently uh that was the way to build teams and fun but anyway good article some good points Um, we've done it
1: once in our team after we sort of hit an internal milestone and it was fun we did it for half an hour everyone got dressed up and I liked it I think it was short and sharp and not overdone but I haven't done any other ones me and my friends talk on WhatsApp all the time that's sort of our primary communication tool now that we're all sort of dads and getting on with our careers and you know time's tough so we are kind of doing that anyway Uh, best uh, that is a very good article they outline it very well best on ground for me always like accounts doing new things doing new ways to engage with clients uh Jack Knight, big Jack and the team of business depot. Even even John. No, you and your Jack. names.
0: No, he goes by his Twitter handles Jack. JK. Nah. John Knight. You're kidding me. <laughs> I'm gonna prove you wrong. You have a very loose association with people's names, buddy. Mate. Anyway, keep going, pull through it. We can ask him. Righto Peter. JK. Righto, Peter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the, <laughs>
0: Come on, bring it back on. Jack. John, John,
1: Business Depot are doing a really cool thing. It's an all-day conference for their clients. <laughs> uh, presented really well. Beautiful landing page. They've got a. They've got an. They've got a marketing team as part of services for oh. their client. So obviously having a marketing team helps you pull something off like this. But it's it's if I was if you're a business client who's so so with your accountant and you saw something like this. You'd have to ask the question, is my accountant doing something similar for me? Certainly this appeals to a particular type of client. Not all clients can go for this. If you're one of those younger type business clients, just any business client, I'd, I'd look at this. And because what the way these things work, this is probably marketed mainly to their existing clients, but they taught, this is something worth talking about. Like as a business owner, I would go talk to my friends about this event. It's got things like the modern tech stack, marketing and branding. Are you change ready? Um, So all these little sort of sub things that you can get involved with. Uh, The event is called Rebound 2020. That's a pretty cool name. Um, And it's a great new way for accountants to engage. You know, the best part about this, Paul, is we wonder about the future of conferences. Assuming they're not paying any speaker fees, this would be close to a zero-cost event for them. And that is why, Pete, you're going to see more and more events online moving forward and not in the big event spaces.
0: Yeah, yes. Yes, I will, it looks glossy, it looks glossy. The speakers list does seem to match the support partners list. I wonder, um, yeah, I I wonder the the, the business case behind it. But I I think certainly meeting online and, and having some of these online will be interesting. To me, I, I'm not sure who it's to. I'm not sure whether it's to just businesses in general, other to their clients, general to their but, clients. But but right. no doubt,
1: it's primarily for clients. But no
0: doubt, you would use this as a
1: marketing endeavor to try to win some more and grow on the back of it. It's a really good marketing exercise. And John's good at putting this stuff together. Good oh, absolutely
0: likes presenting. He's got a fair day ahead of him, judging by the fact that I think he's MCing the whole day. So that'll uh, he'll he'll need. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, he yeah, will it,
1: need. Ah, uh, you know how easy it is to MC a virtual event. It's easy, pretty easy.
0: Yeah, no, it all right,
1: fair enough. I don't know. I'm doing the BGL one. I'll let you know. Probably set myself up for failure there. What do you got? Are we up to work yeah, on exactly. ground
0: yet? Uh, no, you were going to talk about document packs.
1: Ah, so Xero's released their big document pack uh, thing that they announced at the Roadshow and it's been rolled out Australia wide. And it is kickstarted, is we're starting looking your thoughts on it. And they're probably pretty good for tax returns, and you can share more on that than me, Paul, because you actually use the stuff. The it is it's kickstarted a conversation about digital signing. Um, you know, I talk to a lot of cans every week, and I'm getting asked, I, I always get asked every now and again, what do you think of whatever the piece of tech is or whatever the problem is. A lot of questions about digital signing software have come out over the last week. And I can't help but think it's because 0 has been talking about document packs. Here's the catch. And here's some tips for punters out there. This stuff can get quite expensive because the way they price is on tiers. So you get a certain price for your first 100 and then maybe the next 400. Then it like jumps to 3,000 on some of them. So Zero's using Adobe. There's DocuSign out there, HelloSign as well as a few other them around. Honestly, the core function of getting something signed is to get it signed. Everything else around it's bloatware, if I was a firm right now looking at this, I would just price shop if you like the benefits and the efficiency of the zero one use it, but don't be afraid to get a price from Adobe and go to docuSign and say here's the price I got do something better for me because zero pushing this out there I think disrupts the market a little bit, and where there's disruption there's price and opportunity so go nuts
0: accountants go negotiate so fair enough i E-signing is interesting for me, um, and and I think this is something that accountants are either on two sides of the fence, whether or not just because if you are a firm that got your accounts as well as your tax returns signed in a what I would call a paper world, you want to replicate that in an online world, and it's not it's not because you so often the people I speak to, it's not because you you think you. You should, or there's a reason. It's because that's the way you've always done it. Um, it'll be interesting to see how, how document packs go. I just like having the e-signing in the tax return. Sign the tax return, lodge the tax return. Everything else is uh, sort of a supporting work paper. Um, I don't necessarily overwork my packs. Special purpose, special purpose reports are
1: supporting work paper, quote, unquote, Paul Meister.
0: Well, they are, I, I've long said that the accounts are just, they agree to the tax return. It's a tax set of accounts. One of my five sets of accounts, David, that I, you know, as with those people that say that we should automate accounts, it's which set of accounts are we, mm. we auditing? Who is the intended user of the accounts?
1: Taking me back to my SAC standard learnings and <laughs> say, the sack's still around, Paul. It's, we'll never know. You're
0: just on your dad. You're just, you're just you're loving it today. You're loving it. All right. Come on. <laughs> on let's keep moving. Let's get to. Worst. Is that what they're called? Sack on.
1: one, two, three, and four?
0: I think they were back when. Yeah, we're when I learned it. Yeah. <laughs> they Jeez. transitioned pretty quickly to the double A's. I don't know. Sacks is still around. Anyway, wait. worst. Worst. On ground. ground. Ground, ground, Paul Meisner. Uh, Australian Comfort Group, uh, which owns Sleepmaker and Dunlop Foams brands, uh, have de- apparently, de- this is I'm quoting from an article in the AFR, delayed issuing invoices and the processing of customer orders in April, according to a source and documents seen by the Australian Fin Review. Uh I think we were ready to see this kind of stuff. I think we pretty much know that there are going to be, if you dangle that much money out uh, the qualification and make it all on one month's qualification, you are going to see some businesses, uh, big, big dollar values try to game the system. That being despite some of the strongest scheme clauses I've seen in legislation in my career. This doesn't sound great. Uh, emails, I'm quoting again, emails and messages bes- between senior staff and employees at the company show there were a series of internal discussions about deferring sales. Through my conversations with uh, the government people, uh, the tax office, sorry, I should say, people at the TPB, all this sort of stuff. The one, the one word, David, that that, that kept coming up Uh, or the two-word scheme, but anything that just was artificial. Don't, you know, don't change anything. As soon as you change anything, you you really do open yourself up for some really, uh, really harsh penalties. Unfortunately, I think that there's going to be a lot more of this that doesn't get picked up, and I hope it doesn't make it hard for businesses to continue. But if you didn't qualify for it, you shouldn't have got it and certainly shouldn't have done anything artificial to get it in the first place. Something
1: that's interesting, I think um, the anti-scheme and the anti-avoidance measures, I don't think they scared industry accountants as much as public practitioner accountants. That's like complete opinion there. I just, there's, yeah. this, there's this greater appreciation for the Tax Practitioners Board that a public practice accountant does that you just wouldn't have if you're out in business. And I think out in business... Your role as the accountant so much more hands on in cash flow that the, 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 you've got a different pressure when eleven million dollars is dangled in front of you.
0: I think there's also been a fair amount of case, cases where you where you're forced to, or where there's there's deemed pressure from your employee, sorry, your employer, to yeah. do something wrong is different to being an independently registered agent or or that kind of stuff.
1: Something just, this is completely not from the trenches. A lot of beds are made in Australia. It's this part of the manufacturing sector that's still done here and hasn't been sent overseas, getting disrupted now with all these online models like Sleepy Duck and Koala and those things. There's a lot of bedding manufacturers in Australia, which means a lot of competitors would be looking at this and thinking, oh, good for us because we didn't do the dodgy and you
0: guys are in strife now. Yeah, not, not great for the brand. I, I think it's just not great for cash flow if they have to pull it back. I think the world forgets pretty easily things like this.
1: No, I'm, well, I'm, um, assuming, I'm assuming, sorry, that the business well, could be in distress. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, worst on ground for me, Paul Meisner. Hey, we're doing something bad this week. We're both, <laughs> we've put each other in worst on ground. I don't want this show to just be about us. You deserve it yeah i legitimately deserve it but <laughs> you it doesn't matter um, every now and again and it always happens late at night i'll get some notify i get like 20 notifications at once you've posted something angry on linkedin
0: and the crowd this goes this was wild. one of my more withheld one though yeah it was but this was i didn't target any individual cuz i've been no. accused of that well, you do it. It's not an accusation. True. The sorry, yes. Um,
1: the, <laughs> uh, every day, and it, ha- it always happens the same thing. And your crowd goes nuts because you tell the people what they want to hear. And this is a good one. You know, you, I, for the life of me, I can't work out why people who've lectured accounts about the need for an opportunity for advisory services for a decade haven't just done it themselves. Like, there's so many holes in this post. But anyway, and your fans go nuts because you're telling them what they want to hear. So you're not actually helping them with anything. Yeah. There and- were some new ones, by the way. There were yeah. Some new ones. It Good. wasn't. It wasn't the normals. The uh the hashtag on with Paul Crowd is growing. The and there's nothing inherently wrong. With
0: Brett, it, Brett Kelly. Brett Kelly from Listed Kelly Partners has never commented, as as I know, as hasn't commented on my- uh, No, nah, well, he just gets his
1: marketing team to scour social media for good ideas to use, doesn't he? That's what they did for Jason, Jason Andrew. The, is, so here's, the, here's, why, here's why you're making worst on ground for this. Tell me if my holes. Come what on. You, okay, first of all, um, if you've been telling people to do advisory services, why have not they just done it themselves, one, because they're not accountants. They're actually just not as skilled. Just because you see an opportunity to do advisory doesn't mean you can do it yourself. You, I think, but sometimes forget- like coaches
0: aren't qualified accountants. That's right. They're not, but and they and the and the the type of advisory that's being pushed, cash flows goal setting, is not doesn't fall under the purview of accounting services. You use so accounting as cons- a launching as a launch. I, I actually think you need
1: accounting skill to do cash flow forecasting. So I actually think you need the skill to be able to do it. That's the first one. The second one, you you said apparently. Fair enough, I take that. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, like. I'm Obviously, this is a good thing. Like, they physically can't do it. They can help accountants. Well, some of them can, not all. Uh, the next thing, apparently, clients everywhere want it. I personally think that there is an increase in interest in cash flow forecasting. Um, but I've said a few times, work out what your clients need. I'm going to caveat that now. I didn't say this last time. Is so dangerous for any business to assume they know what their clients want. Because if they want it and you don't give it to them, they will go find it somewhere else and that's bad for you. And so that's the that's the first bit. Yep. Next thing is few accounts are providing it, few accounts are providing it. This is not a well. It hasn't exploded like everybody thought it would. It's gonna increase more because Zero's built their cash flow tool, which is easy and inbuilt. And <laughs> no, it will. It will Sorry. for those are that really basic sure. short term cash flow conversation, the zero tool's fine. I hope they don't it out. It only more runs and more. on
0: one bank account. Yeah, that's that, that's okay for if you for, ru- if if you run a if you run a savings account or a credit card and something else, it breaks the cash flow. But model. if you are a good accountant
1: who can actually have the skills to do this on a small business, you can work that out. You know the balance sheet in your head because there's eight things on it, and you can look at that and do it. And that's how it's being used. So this is the this is the entry level stuff. This is you know the whole David Boyer Lance Rubin three way forecast. No, 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 the entry no,
0: level no, no, stuff no, no. is a P and L into Excel.
1: You can keep fighting it, and it's being used, and it is being well received. So, I think. Have well, you would, used it? Uh Well, I don't. I don't advise clients. Port. Why would I use it? Okay. Well, Tim um, uses it. Change accountants use it. Really, really? like it. Yeah, because it, it is. It's just that good one stop one stop plus. so So. Um, if I was at SQL, I probably wouldn't have used it because our clients are on more advanced through a forecasting type things and they are like polar opposites. Um, so I, I don't think that accountants are offering this a lot and it's a mixed thing whether the consultants are saying that there is demand for it. Really, the only person who knows is there, if there is demand is an accountant who's actually actively managing their business and trying to find out what services to do with their clients want and, and actually want to do it. Don't look at the, you know, just because there's a tension on social media doesn't mean it's real. Go find out in your unique sample size if it's real. The next thing you said, and I'll probably agree with this for advisory, well, I know this for advisory, there's a simple sales process to follow. I can tell you at SQL, we spent, I'm not going to tell you how much money building sales systems for advisory work. It is not a simple sales process if you're doing it as a standalone thing. Um, if it becomes part of a conversation at using compliance to base, it's much easier. But I, I, if any consultant says there is a simple sales process for compliance work, red, like waving red flags for me. So that's what's wrong with your post. And look, I,
0: and I should, and I should come back. This I did get triggered by someone in the UK. You got uh, triggered uh, always. Anyway, I see, I, would I know trade. this because everybody, all your fans you are do, you online, sent me a message. and I just woke up this morning. I said, "Who was
1: it? <laughs> Who was it?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, the I should I should prefix this because you ask me this all the time and and, and uh, other people do ask me this. I do not care. I have no problem with advisory it's this it's this um, using the decline of compliance or or somehow undermining or belittling compliance in order to try to sell advisory. That's the bit I've always had a problem with. I've stayed fairly true to right. what's... Uh, and that is the bit. I just used that as a, a bit of a launching pad and went into this. Anyway, you can... That's, that's my only Western on have... ground, Paul. Uh, you know what I think is happening? Because there's
1: not a lot of... Gen- there actually isn't a lot of marketing out there at the moment. It's kind of hard for us to do a Western ground.
0: has gone quiet. I tell you, business coaches, relatively uh, quiet. The general marketing spin. We don't really have the, the software account managers um, jumping up and down online, but, telling but also, us... Good on him. How to suck eggs. I like, like it. I like it. the time. Now's not the time for that sort of stuff. If you don't have something,
1: if you have something valuable that people can use, bloody shout it out loud. But if you don't, like, just hold tight for a little bit. You're okay. You're all on monthly subscriptions. You're doing all
0: right. I'm all right with that. Fair enough. My worst on ground is you. Uh as I've already, I've done my other one. Good. Uh, mine is only good. And this is a very small thing. It was just funny. I did come across a <laughs> speakers bureau. Where is it? The ICMI Speakers Bureau. This week on ICMI Breakfast Bites, we'll have David Boyer on to present insights on mega trends. <laughs> I didn't talk <laughs> about megatrends. For small mega businesses trends. to help people make businesses better. But it was the photo <laughs> that got me... <laughs> It was your smiling face from your stock image, David Boyer, finance futurist and podcast king. Are we, are we upgrading to the gold microphone, are we? <laughs> yeah. Well, the... the futurist. Back- futurist had it for me. Futurist
1: the- was the one that was... <laughs> the storyline this is, first of all, I have people. I have representation. They are my agents. Because uh, I don't know if you know, but I did a TED Talk. You think that helps? on the back of that... The, so that no so they I, cause I, I do this because I like it I love getting on stage and talking I, I re, and I think I add a bit of value to the audience every now and then so these guys are my agent because you've seen with trenches stuff the back and forth we're doing it's just a pain in the so these guys helped me out and in true David Boyer style, they must have emailed me 10 times asking me for my bio and what I was going to talk about and I just was too busy <laughs> too busy with all my my other stuff and they just made it never. up. So David. I did yeah, I never ignore emails of administrative tasks that you asked me to do. <laughs> so I um I didn't do it and they just made that up. They said we, we had a look at what you do online and this is what we think you are. If I ever David call myself a finance futurist or a podcast, actually podcast king, I could I'm I like, have no problem with that. I uh, that could fi- stay. <laughs> finance futurist, far out. It Mate, it's about half a step below calling myself a thought leader without
0: actually somebody else. That is, that it, it's the next, it's the next level. Of, if thought leader, hadn't already been ruined, the, finance, the futurist is the next one in the uh, in the gun. Anyway, it was <laughs> otherwise a light on, uh, otherwise a light on was on ground week. But uh, how, uh, we've got we we we're about to record an in depth uh, topic, so uh, look, keep an eye out. For that, otherwise, get to the end of Fin Year. We we're trying to work on something, David. We're thinking about another live start, event, maybe a Start of Financial Year party, Paul. Maybe the A Sofi Sophie That's <laughs> that could that could go wrong after a drink. Uh, we're funny. Should should
1: well, actually, we something. we called it the Start of Financial Year Party because we wanted. People to look forward last year, and also we're just contrarian by default. But I have a feeling this year people are kind of going to want to be happy to have the end of financial year yeah, this year. So maybe we'll call it the end of it. all. Honestly, the difference is whether we do it on a Wednesday night or a Thursday night. I think one being the start,
0: one being the end. Yeah, we can't. Do anything we will work all that admin tasks. Uh, otherwise, have a great week, everyone.
1: Enjoy. Bye bye.
0: listening to an episode of From the Trenches. David and I love to hear from listeners so you can reach out if you've got feedback or story ideas get in touch. I can be reached on Twitter at Paul Meisner underscore or on LinkedIn, Paul Meissner. I'm on Twitter at David Boyar
1: B-O-Y-A-R on LinkedIn, David Boyer. From the
0: Trenches.